Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hi guys, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, We are on uh, live with Facebook and our Facebook family out there, and I'm going to invite you guys that would like to do it. Pull your phones out, go ahead and jump on Facebook. We are a single family, not not a church family and a Facebook family. We're a family. Uh, just turn the volume down so we're not getting that ugly echo that can come through. And would love to have you guys say hi and interact with our family that's out there as well. It's good to have you guys with us this morning. We just finished up worship. I want to say to you, I see people jumping on now, I want to say to you guys, I mentioned last week we're working on being able to incorporate worship into Facebook Live. And I, I, we've got a camera ordered that will let us do that, but I found out a week or two ago that I think every church in the world has ordered this camera. So it's like on a, I don't know, a six-week back order or something crazy like that. So it, I promise you it is on the way. Uh, so you guys want you to know we're doing our best to get you involved in the entirety of the service. But we're glad to have you here this morning. And uh, I'm looking forward to preaching to you all, to preaching to you all, and sharing what God's dropped in my heart this morning. Uh, I do want to share... Um, one thing for you guys, because I shared it earlier with, with those that are here, we took our extravagant offering last week, and I just want to let you guys know this because I'm excited about it, and it's reason to give God praise. We had $6,000 come in to be committed to help us more effectively reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Upgrading computers, yeah, give God praise, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, upgrading sound systems, carpet, backdrops, all of those things. So I want you guys to know that and you guys to know it again, and we're excited for that. And if you still like to participate, you can still get involved and be involved in there. Hey, those of you that are on Facebook, if you're not a part of our group, please check in. Become a part of our, our Facebook group, SHC Plainfield, so we can connect with you on Wednesdays in our Bible studies. And you guys, if you're not part of that group, although I think probably all of you are, would love to have you connect there as well, because that's how we're doing our Wednesday Bible studies. And right now we're working through the gospel in Galatians. And I don't know if anybody else is liking it or not, but I'm enjoying it. I, I get to teach it, so, you, you know, I better be enjoying it anyway. Um, but we'd love to have you guys and you guys join in and be a part of that. I'm looking at my list here. I keep finding out that changing up the service criteria messes me all up, and I have to, uh, I have to keep going back and adding things because, I, Millie, I forget things. It's horrible. It's horrible. It comes with age. I want to preach this morning. Uh, you all are getting the second version of this. I told the first service that uh, I was not really looking forward to preaching this message, and I will tell you all the same thing. I'm not that excited to preach this message this morning because it speaks to the state of our world and our country right now, and I'm finding that we are every day becoming more a people that are polarized one way or the other. And I was reminded this morning coming in, I, I just, as I was thinking and praying and getting ready to preach, um, for, I think it's Peter, I think Peter's where it says it, in the last days, in the last days, people will become lovers of themselves, and then it says strong-minded, heady, strong-willed, heady, high-minded. And man, if that isn't where America is today, and here's why I'm not excited about preaching this message, because frankly, I know it doesn't matter what I say, anything I say, somebody's going to get mad. Somebody's going to disagree. But I have to remind myself that at the end of the day, I preach not for you all, although I love you all, I love you guys, but I preach for him. 
and I try to share the truth of God, the truth of God's word, regardless of the consequences. This morning I want to preach a message uh, entitled A House Divided. Now as you guys, unless you really have checked out, know this has been a hard week in America. Hasn't it? We've had riots, we've had violence, we've had murders, we've had deaths, we've had convictions, or not convictions, but we've had charges filed. It's just been really ugly. And I think one of the biggest challenges America struggles with is a lack of perspective. So let me give you this perspective this morning. When I say, say Pastor Barry, what do you mean perspective? Historical perspective. Have you ever noticed that it seems like every time something happens in America, it's always the worst? It's never been this bad before? We say that a lot, don't we? It's never been this bad before. And I think part of the reason we do that is we lack that historical perspective. And, and yet, if I really want to stop and think about it, I can remember just six years ago, 2014, the riots in Ferguson. Y'all remember those? If I go back just a little bit further than that, a few decades, I can look and I remember the L.A. riots. Y'all remember those? Some of you that are a little bit older than I am, I'm just a kid. Yeah, you can laugh, it's okay. I keep telling, my, my wife says, you just keep telling yourself that, I'm going to keep telling myself that. If you're a little older than I am, you can remember 1967 and 1968. Can some of you remember those two years? Makes what we're going through right now look like a walk in the park because of the racial tension, the racial violence, and the riots that were going on in America. You know, I, I did a little research, and I shared this first service. Um, it was, it's extremely deep. I went terribly deep on this research. I spent at least, at least 15 minutes on it. And I went to my, my source. I went to Wikipedia. So uh, you guys take it for what it's worth. Um, although I will tell you I have, Christine has posted, or going to if she hasn't already posted, the links to this, these articles in, on our Facebook feed, so you can go look at them if you want to. Do you know when the first racial riot they called it a rebellion, took place in America. Do, do you know? I was shocked. I mean, I knew it was a long ways back, but I was shocked. It actually happened in the year 1712. You heard me right on that. The 1700, 1712 was the first riot uh, in this nation. It was before we became a nation. The next one took place, and I, I may be wrong on the date, but the mid-late 1930s, 1934, 1938, and then there was another one in the early 1940s, 19, or not 19, 1740s, 1741, 42. And if you go to those links, you'll see it. Um, we have had one after another, after another, after another, after another. Now, there's two pieces to this perspective. We, 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 we miss our historical perspective. The, the good part is this, hope. We've been here before, and we survived. Right? That's a place for hope. The bad part is we've been here before and we should have learned some things, but we forgot that it even happened, most of us. Certainly it seems like our leaders have, and we're going through the same thing again. And it's been going on since before this nation was founded. This morning I want to speak to this a little bit. Now, um, I asked somebody after... Uh, I preached the first message this morning. I said, anything, any, anything in tone or how I shared that you would change? And, and, and this is what they said to me. They said, um, yeah, I was a little tense when you started preaching this morning, Pastor Barry. TB, I wasn't quite sure where you were going with this. So that's fair. That's the honesty I want. 
Um, but they said, no, I think what you shared made sense, and it was, it was put out there in a way that wasn't offensive. So I hope that's the case, and I know, here's the thing, I, I, I am privileged to preach to you all sitting here this morning, but we all need to be aware that I'm also preaching to a world out there that is some saved, some Christians, some not. And we're all over the spectrum on what we believe. One of the reasons I don't want to preach this is because I know right now it's on Facebook Live and I just see, I just see ugly potential for ugly comments and that is not my heart or my desire. One of the things I've observed in the last week is a lot of people with a lot of answers. Supposed answers. I look at the politicians and they've got them. All we got to do is this, this, and this, and this. But, and I'm, I'm just going to be up front with you guys right now. I'm as frustrated as you are. I'm angry about the whole thing. Because here's my nature. My nature is this. My nature is to fix things. And if I see a problem, my nature is, and I think some of you are probably this way as well, you want to go out, Steve, you want to go out, and you want to fix them, right? If there's a problem, fix it. Give me the solution. Let's put it in place, and let's move on. It's not... And I listen to so many people with so many fixits, and I'm thinking to myself, you've been in power for decades, you've been on the media, in the media for decades, and now you're standing up and saying, I've got the answer, let's fix it. And I'm thinking, if you really had the answer, why didn't you fix it 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, or 5 months ago? And here's the conclusion that I have a little bit come to. Look at the, look, look, look at the, follow the money, look at the agenda. Why, why does a politician stand up and say, I can fix this, I have the answer? Now listen, if we're going to be altruistic and I'm really going to give people the benefit of the doubt, it's because they care about their community, they care about people, they, they care about making things better. But can I be honest with you? I'm afraid too many of our politicians, the reason they claim to have the answer is because they want to be reelected. And they will always play to whatever their base is, regardless of whether it's left or it's right. You know, the other group that I see that often seems to have an answer, always seems to have a, a, a way to go, and that's the media. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about CNN or Fox News. They both, they have clips, they have easy answers, it's one-liners, let's do this. This is the problem, this is where we need to make change, this is what needs to happen. And yet... Some, some problems don't give themselves to a 30-second soundbite answer, and I wonder if sometimes they don't put the headlines out there they put out there because they're looking to get you to click on it or you to tune into it, me to tune into it, so they can get that next fat paycheck. Does this make sense to anybody? Follow the money. You say, wow, Pastor Barry, you're pretty jaded. Yeah, I kind of am. Yeah, I kind of am. I wonder if the answer, the solution maybe isn't going to come not from CNN and Fox News and even our politicians, but I wonder if the answer is not going to come from moms and dads who live in our communities, who get up every day and go to work, who sit in our houses of worship, who are on the streets, who live lives and have families that have, there's this thing, it's so unheard of anymore, it's called common sense. Y'all ever heard of it? 
I wonder if ultimately the solution isn't, I, I, loved, I, I loved this clip, and you all remember this, I think, if I remind you of it. it. It was out of the Ferguson riots, and it was a mom, it was an African-American lady mom. she come downtown to get her boy, her son, and to, if I remember right, grab him by the ear, and she just, she just laid into him. What are you doing down here? I listened to my son, who's... Um, now got kids tell me a week ago, he said, you know, if, if I found one of my kids were involved in some of the rioting, because this isn't a black-white thing. I, I got a, 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 a fellow, he, I, I call him a friend, although we've kind of lost touch over the years. He pastored inner city Indianapolis many years ago when I pastored in a little bitty town in northern Indiana called Bremen, Indiana, 3,000 people. Uh, I had him come up and preach for us up there uh, one Sunday, and I, can, I don't have any recollection of what he preached, the message but I remember one statement he made. It stuck with me for almost 30 years. He said, listen, he told the congregation this. He said, listen, this is not a black thing. This is not a white thing. This is a sin thing. You understand what I'm saying this morning? My son said, if, yeah, if that was my kid, I'm afraid I'd have to go down there even if they were 35. Little common sense, mom, dad, people on the streets, Right? Because here's the deal. CNN, NBC, the left side of the media network are going to convince you that, or at least they're going to seem to want to convince you, and I'm speaking hyperbolically here, 90% of police officers are walking the streets looking for somebody to kill. You go over to Fox News, and maybe to a little lesser degree, but there's some truth in this. They're going to do, try to persuade you that 90% of black men living in the inner city are looking for somebody to kill. Can I tell you guys something? Neither one of those is right. 90% of Americans, 90% of black people, 90% of white people, they got their heads screwed on straight. They got common sense. They want good for their families. Y'all with me this morning? They, 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 they want safety. They want opportunity, Right? They want to be treated justly. This morning I want to preach out of Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. I'll do my best to not get off on rabbit trails, but I probably won't succeed well based on earlier um, attempts. I'm going to try to stay to my message, what I believe God really has wanted me to preach. But I may get on some rabbit trails, because I'm going to be honest with you all, like you all, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and, and I... I'm trying to keep opinions to a minimum and scripture to a maximum, but we'll see how well I do. I want to read verses 22 through 25 for you this morning, and then we're going to pray. Then a demon-oppressed man, um, ESV says oppressed, NIV says possessed, Greek says he was demonized, he was influenced by a demon. A demon demonized man who was blind and mute was brought to him and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw Jesus healed him and all the people were amazed and said can this be the son of David but when they when the Pharisees heard it they said it is only by Beelzebub the prince of demons that this man cast out demons and knowing their thoughts he said to them every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand let's pray Heavenly Father, I pray this morning over your word, and it is your word, and I pray this morning that you would help me to communicate it and to convey it and to share it appropriately, 
rightly, Lord, as you would have it presented. And I pray, God, today, even though we live in the last days, live in a day and an age where everybody has an opinion, everybody's got strong will, and, and nobody wants to listen, God, let this morning, let your Holy Spirit help us to just do those very things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, Jesus said this, and this is the principle, and this is where I want to take off with this, this sermon this morning. Every kingdom divided will fall. I don't think this morning it's possible to overestimate or overcommunicate the seriousness of this message and this principle. Every, you all say it with me, every. Y'all out there, if you're out there, give me a thumbs up. It says every, not some, not once in a while, but every kingdom that is divided, every, every kingdom that is divided will fall, Scripture says. I don't think we can overestimate the seriousness of this message this morning. Every kingdom that, that is divided will fall, and we are certainly living in a day and an age where our nation is divided. Now, I did share a moment ago about perspective and realize we've been through this before, and yes, this has been going on since the 1700s, but I'm going to tell you, even every if you believe the principle, and I do believe the principle, if you believe Scripture is inspired, and I do, then you've got to believe that there comes a point in every situation where there is an end, and every kingdom will eventually fall. Every kingdom. Every kingdom. I think if we are going to find ourselves a fix or find ourselves a solution or work through this, not, not as a politician, because I'm not a politician, not, not as a media person, because I'm not a media person. I, I appreciate the privilege to be able to speak to people outside of just this sanctuary this morning through Facebook Live, but I'm not any of those things. If we're going to find a solution as a people of God, if we're going to find a solution as, as moms and dads and families, then we're going to have to go to the Word of God and we're going to have to understand the seriousness of what we're, going to, we're talking about this morning. And the place to start is recognize the source of the problem. Now listen to me. Y'all hear me on this, okay, please? There are those that will tell you the solution is no more than this. All we've got to do is deal with poverty and get rid of poverty. And if we get rid of poverty and we bring economic equity, uh, equality, then we will deal with the problem and there will no longer be a problem. Can I tell you this morning, those aren't bad things. Now, there's the left's way to do it and there's the right ways to do it. And I'm not going to go into that this morning. But I think having people the opportunity to improve themselves and make more money to, to be able to provide that for all people of all, all races and ethnic backgrounds makes perfect sense. And we need to do that. That's not a bad thing. But can I tell you this morning that that in and of itself will not solve the problem. It's not going to solve the division. There are those that will come to you and they will say to you, all you've got to do, PB, if we would just do this, if we would just begin to educate people, if people would be educated, then it would solve the problem. And, and I want to say to you this morning, I, I, I actually agree with that statement in the sense that education is important and we need to offer education and there needs to be education available. And, and I'll go even further with that because there's another way education goes right now. There are those that I, I've, been, I've been hearing it all week uh, by multiple sources, radio, TV. And, and, and I even agree with this, but listen, y'all look at me, okay? I'm a 54-year-old white man. raised in a town of 6,000 people and the largest minority in the town was Amish. True. 
There are things about this world I don't get, I don't understand. There's cultures and there's places I've never been, and I can't claim to have walked in anybody else's shoes. And there's a place for education, too. You need to educate yourself on what it feels like to be a black man in America. I, I'm okay with that. I agree with that. There's nothing wrong with understanding the other side and the another perspective. But can I tell you this morning, education, whether it's formal education or that kind of education, in and of itself is not going to fix the problem. You know why? Let, let, let me speak to this from the perspective of where I stand, and that's a pastor. Now, I, I agree with those things. I don't have a problem with those things, and those are part of the solution. I'm not saying they're not this morning. Please don't misquote me. Please don't blow me up here. Please, please you know, right? But mankind, humanity, people, me and you, we're mind, we're made, right? We're made up of mind and body. Our education, our, our, our knowledge matters, our mind matters, our body, our, our health, our welfare, those, those things matter, our, our income, those things matter, but we're mind and we're body and we are spirit. And until we find a solution and we fi find ways to fix it that, that, that deals with both mind, body, and spirit, we're not going to see a solution. Does that make sense? So let me speak this morning to the spiritual piece of this. I want you to see this morning um, what the source of this whole thing was. I just read about every kingdom divided will fall, but we look in verse 22. If you're there, you can, you can turn with me. Verse 22 says this, Then a demon-possessed, demon-oppressed, demonized man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. Do you, do you all see the source? demonic influence, a spiritual influence. Now, now listen, if you don't believe that there is an enemy, if you don't believe that there is evil in this world, if you don't believe that there is, are those things, then probably I have very little that I can say to you, and I'd love to have you stick around and listen, but honestly, we're probably on two different complete planes of, of reality, and we're going to struggle, because I believe that there are, there is evil in this world, there is a demonic, there are demonic influences, and there are spiritual forces. I believe man is body, soul, and spirit. Now listen, I'm not suggesting, you all hear me on this, okay? You guys out there, hear me on this, okay? I'm not telling you to go out and start laying hands on everybody that you disagree with and casting the devil out of them. That's not what I'm saying, right? I'm not suggesting that. I'll, you'll start another riot, and that won't be pretty. I'm not telling you that this morning, okay? That's not what I'm suggesting. But what I am telling you is there is absolutely a spiritual influence that's involved in this, and we see it in this man. Then a demon-possessed, oppressed a uh, demonized man was blind and mute and was brought to him, brought to Jesus, and he healed him. Now, here's the piece that I want you to see when it comes to how the enemy works, okay? He, did you catch that? He was what? He was blind and he was mute. And, and, you know, this is part of what I see going on right now in America. This is part of the struggle. This is part of why we're having such a hard time finding a way to get through this, to work through this, to help, because we're blind, and, and we're blind in this sense. We're blind in the sense that nobody is willing to step over here in their shoes and step out of their shoes and come over here and put themselves in the shoes of another person. We're all so grounded in the way I see things as the way that it is, and I'm not willing to understand the other side. And as long as we're living our lives that way, as long as we're unwilling to step out and look at things... Now, now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You may do that if you really will put yourself out there and say to somebody... 
I want to understand. When it's all said and done, you still may disagree. Right? You still may believe that what you believe and the way you see things is right, but at least you've taken the time to see. Do you know what's required for compassion? You all know, how many of you are born again? Got a, got a relationship with Jesus Christ? You all, you all with me here, okay? I, I'm talking to you all out there too. Isn't compassion supposed to be a part of what flows out of all followers of Christ? Compassion starts with understanding the hurt and the struggle and the problems of the one that I'm being compassionate towards. Fair? Compassionate. This man, this man that was demonized, this man was blind and he was mute. Now listen, I, I this week have had so many instances where I wanted to pick up the TV remote and just mute that thing. Anybody? I, I, I've had more than once. I've just turned it off. It's like I can't take it anymore. I can't watch it anymore. I can't be frustrated anymore. Mute, off, go watch something else. But there's a piece of this where we as the followers of Christ are being muted. Now I want you to hear me on this, okay, because this is going to go a different direction than maybe you think it is. If you're here this morning, if you're listening to this feed this morning, you've become a follower of Christ, then that means something. God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Fair? And if God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then it ought to affect you. It ought to impact you. It ought to have some influence on the things that come out of your mouth. It ought to have some impact, some influence on the things that you feel. It ought to have some, com some impact on the things that you do. Fair? If the Spirit of the living God lives in me, then the words that come out of my mouth ought to be words of the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all remember that Galatians thing? It comes from being a mature believer in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit, the things that come out of my mouth ought to reflect what? There's love, joy, peace. There ought to be some patience in there. How about a little self-control? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and if the Spirit of the living God lives in me, then those ought to be the things that come out of my life. But too often what we see coming out of too many people's mouths that may give lip service to being born again is anger and frustration and anxiety and hurt and, and, and mean, right? So here's my question to you. Who's the father of those things? Who's the father of vengeance? You know the answer. Who's the father of hatred? Same person, right? Who, who's the father of anxiety and all of those things? It's the enemy, right? So here's my question to you, and, 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 and I, 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 I deal with those things just like you do, okay? So I'm not up here on my high pedestal preaching down to you. I deal with those things just like you do. But here's my question, and I ask myself this question all the time. If the things that are coming out of my mouth are reflective of frustration and anger and hurt and anxiety and vengeance, then hasn't basically the enemy picked up the remote control and pointed at you and pointed it at me and said, 
I mute the Holy Spirit in you because I'm going to tell you, if I've got anger coming out of me, then I don't have peace coming out of me. If I've got hatred coming out of me, then I don't have love coming out of me. If, if I've got just opening up my mouth and throwing out, whether it's on social media or it's in real life, whatever first comes to my mind, then I don't have self-control coming out of me. And it's like the enemy picks up, he picks up the remote control and he's muting the people of God and saying, you're not going to let the fruit of the Spirit come out of you. You're not going to let that come out of you. I'm muting you because the only thing that's going to come out of your mouth is what I say. Can I just ask you all? How can that be? How can that be? It can't, can it? See, there is a way to fix where we as a nation's broke. It's not easy, it's not quick. It's not going to happen in a day, a week, or with a one-liner. But it is moms and dads and families in all kinds of communities of all backgrounds and all colors and all ethnicities letting the love of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control flow out of them and telling the enemy, you're not going to mute me anymore. I'm going to be a person of compassion. It, it, it's, it's, it's taking a stand and saying, I'm going to see from the other side. I may still not just agree with the other side, but I'm going to at least see the other side. Every kingdom divided against itself will fall. Does that, does that shake anybody's world? Does that rock anybody? Every kingdom divided against itself will fall. I love my nation, guys. I love my country. I don't want it to fall. I don't want it to fall. Can I, now that I did all that, can I get nosy for a minute? Can I, can I just go to a place where it's going to get awkward? It, 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 yeah, anybody wants to say, what do you mean go awkward? You've been, been awkward for the last 10 minutes. That's fair. All right. Can I just go there? You guys still with me out there? I see I've got a few people that I see some comments. So, all right, somebody's popping up there. It may be you all sitting here. If you all sitting here are giving me thumbs up on Facebook, that's, uh, thank you for that. At least it makes me feel like, you know. So, uh, let, me, let me just do this. I want you to go back to verse 25 because I, I, I want to I make a little bit of a shift here. And I want to I make this personal for us. Verse 25, where I started this, says, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And I've talked a lot about the nation, and I've talked a lot about the kingdom, but I want you to see what this says. Every kingdom, every nation divided against itself will be laid waste. But notice what it says. Every city, or we could say every community, divided against itself will not stand. And then it goes on, and it says... And every house, y'all see that? Every house divided against itself will stand. Okay, let me, let me just get personal here for a minute. It's not just nations that will fall. It's not just communities that will fall. It's, it's homes that will fall. So let me take this whole different direction. If you're living in a home where mom and dad can't find a place to be in agreement and unity, then you're setting your home up for a place that's going to fall. Right? Every house divided against itself will fall. You can even go another way with it. It's not just the home that is the house, but I would say the house of God. We've got a, we're at a place in America right now, I hope you're seeing this, where the church, the people of God, 
ought to be in one accord in unity, pulling the same direction, believing the same thing, praying the same thing, being a light in a, in a, in a time of darkness in our nation. And we've got too many churches that are pulling so many directions, they can't even get the match lit. Because they want to fight over the color of the carpet, or they want to fight over the paint job, or they want to fight over where that $10 is going to go. I know a church that had a fight over a stapler one time. Seriously. It wasn't a church I pastored. It wasn't even a church I attended. Thank God. Seriously, thank you, Lord. They had a church squabble over whether or not to spend the money on a stapler. And I'm supposed to be the light of the world? And Jesus lays out the principle, every kingdom, every city, every home, every house of God divided against itself will not stand. We've got to recognize the scope this morning. Let me tell you, a spiritual problem, and I'm watching my time because I'm aware I've got one hour. I've got like six minutes, so y'all, uh, we're going to add seat belts to our seats here at the church because we're going to get into some places where I'm going to have to kick it into high gear. Um, we're there this morning, so um, you put on your spiritual seatbelt because we're going to go this morning. Uh, I'm going to share this last part with you. A spiritual problem requires a spiritual solution, and I want you to see this. Jesus says this in Matthew 12, 28. He says, but if, but if it is by the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The, an- the spiritual answer to a spiritual problem is the Spirit of God. There's a reason in verses 31 and 32, Jesus comes back and he says, look, you can say whatever you want to say about me, the Son of God, but don't you say anything about the Holy Spirit. There's a reason it's two or three verses later that Jesus says, don't you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Let me go back to where I began. If you've got a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, right? God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And the reason that Jesus said that, he took such a strong stand, because I'm thinking, Jesus, you're the one that died on the cross. Jesus, you're the one that left heaven to come. You're the one that paid the price for my sins. You're the one by, by, through faith in you that I'm saved, and I have a promise of eternity. Why are you telling me that I can say anything about you? I want to, and, and I won't pay a price, but if I say anything against the Holy Spirit, you're, it, it's unforgivable. Why, why is that? It's because Jesus realized that very soon when he was speaking, he was going to ascend, and he was no longer going to walk this earth, and the one that was going to walk this earth was going to be the Holy Spirit. It's God the Holy Spirit that shines a light on our hearts. It's God the Holy Spirit that shines a light on truth. It's God the Holy Spirit that does the work. If you want a spiritual, uh, if you've got a spiritual problem and need a spiritual solution, it comes through the work of God the Holy Spirit. Right? It, it just, it, it just, it just does. And, and, I, and listen to me, I believe we, you, you, you want a spiritual answer to a spiritual problem, Pray. We need to be praying. We as the people of God, we need to be praying. If you're out there and you're a believer this morning, you need to be praying. You need to pray for our nation. You need to pray for our police. You need to pray for those protesters um, that are in the inner city. You need to pray for the hearts of those that are rioting and doing violence. You need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray against darkness. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. But we also need to realize it's not just praying against darkness. It's turning around then and let the Holy Spirit look on our own hearts. Right? Now listen to me. Um, I want to read this last piece here for, for you, verse 33, because here's the thing. You say, Pastor Barry, no. We're living in the last days. Everybody's got an opinion. Nobody wants to hear. I know it's not any of you all. It's none of you guys either, but somebody else might watch this. Right? 
Everybody, has, everybody, Pastor Barry, no, my heart is, my heart's right. It's that guy that's got the problem. I'm good. Can I just read to you Jeremiah? Y'all ready for a little Jeremiah? Because we all think we know the condition of our heart. Chapter 17, 9 and 10, he says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, and who can understand it? And he goes on in verse 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. I, I know, listen, I think I, I think I know my heart. I really do. I think I know my heart. I think I'm sincere, and I know you do too. But do we really? Now, I'm going to tell you how to find out the condition of your heart. Whether I'm talking about a marriage, or whether I'm talking about the nation, or whether I'm talking about the violence we're dealing with, or whether I'm talking about your actions within the house of God. I'm going to tell you how you know the condition of your heart. Verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. And he goes on and says in the second part of verse 34, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Can I tell you this morning, you want to know the condition of your heart? How many want to know the condition of your heart? How many of you is like, Pastor Bear, I want, I want the brutal truth about my heart? You guys out there? You want the brutal truth? I'm going to give it to you if you do. The brutal truth is this. You want to know what your condition of your heart is? Ask yourself what's coming out of your mouth. If all that comes out of your mouth, let me just talk household for a second. Ma'am, if the only thing that comes out of your mouth is anger and hatred and frustration and criticism towards your your husband or sir if the only thing that comes out of your mouth is complaining and criticizing and tearing down your spouse then you know the condition of your heart and i'm gonna say the same thing about the church not just this church any church if the only thing that comes out of your mouth is boy they should have done this or boy that's terrible or boy i can't believe that's happening or that's horrible you know the condition of your heart but i'm gonna put it even to the context of the nation and what we're dealing with right now what comes out of your mouth? Is it anger? Is it hatred? Is it frustration? Or is it love and compassion and self-control and joy and peace and those fruit of the Spirit? Because when, when, when you answer that question and you answer it honestly, all of a sudden you know the condition of your heart. And he goes on and he says this really, really hard thing. He says, out of the abundance of your heart, your words, your mouth flows. But then he says this in verse 36, and I've got to be honest with you all, I hate this. I'm not excited about this. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word, every careless word that they speak. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. Are you telling me, Pastor Barry? I told you I didn't like this. Do I take this literally? Are you telling me, Pastor Barry, that on Judgment Day when we stand before God? How many of you have memory uh, issues? How many of you have selective memory? Okay, now we're on the same page. Can I tell you something? God doesn't have selective memory. Are you telling me, Pastor Barry, that 
When I stand before God someday, every careless word that rolled off my mouth is going to be, I'm going to be held accountable for. According to Jesus, it is. Why? Because frankly, it tells us the condition of our heart. And this morning, I think there's a place for all of us to look at our heart because we've got a problem. America's got a problem. And it's a spiritual problem. Oh, it's all those other things too, and I'm for those other things. I'm not, I'm not preaching against those. I'm just telling you as a pastor, as a preacher of this gospel, and as followers of Jesus Christ, let's not miss the spiritual piece of this. Let's pray. Let's check our own hearts. Let's watch by the words that come out of our mouth, and let's make sure that when we speak, and when we, we act, and when we post, can I say that, when we post? When we post, we do it with love, joy, peace, patience. You all with me? Can we go kindness? I think goodness is in there. How about self-control? Ooh, that's a good one. That one, I could preach there for a while, but I won't. Because if you're not, if the words coming out of your mouth aren't reflective of those, then the enemy himself has muted you, and what's coming out is his words. I don't know about you all, but I'm not really interested in being a mouthpiece for the enemy. In fact, I refuse to do it. How are we going to see change in America? Well, I'm going to tell you what, we're probably... um, and I'm going to bring this to an end because I think I passed my 12 o'clock mark. It's probably not going to come through a politician. It's probably not going to come through another law. It's probably not going to come through some news media outlet. It's going to come by moms and dads, people that live in the real world, Drive a Chevy, or a Ford, or a Dodge, or a Kia, or a Hyundai. I don't know. I mean, right? And I'm not against Lexus and Cadillacs either. That has common sense. It isn't afraid to call right, right, good, good, bad, bad, evil, evil, regardless of who's doing it, right? but then is is willing and able to live those things out and be the voice for spiritual change. Love, compassion, joy, peace, all those things I'm describing. Right? But Pastor Barry, that's not very helpful. Well, I wonder what would happen if the people of God would just really, truly begin to live that out every day. Would things change in a day? No. Would they change in a week? No. How about a year? No. But what about a generation? What if we taught it to our kids and our grandkids? That's the change that we need. There's a physical piece, there's a mental piece, but hear me this morning there's a spiritual piece. And that's the piece we can address and speak to. We speak to the others as well. I'm not saying we ignore them by any means. But this is the piece that the church, the people of God, are uniquely qualified to speak to. Let's speak to it. Let's pray over it. Would you all stand this morning? And... Uh,
we are going to bring this to a close. Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Love you guys out there on Facebook, and I appreciate you guys being a part of this family. Let us bring this whole second service family together. Um, it, it means a lot. I know it means a lot to our family that's still out there that, that isn't able to be back with us yet. And those that are joining that just have never had the opportunity to come through the doors of the building. Um, I love you guys. Let's be the voice of change in America as the people of God. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. And, and we ask this morning that your Holy Spirit would just work and flow through us and in us. And help us, Lord, to take the light of the Holy Spirit and truly shine it brightly on the words that come out of our mouth and the condition of our heart. And wherever this morning, wherever things may not be so good, I pray, God, let us repent and let us change. Heal our nation. Heal our homes. Heal our churches. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.